It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. I met today's guest while sitting in a coffee shop I love. Shout out to Driftwood Cava Bar and Coffee Roastery in St. Petersburg, Florida. I noticed the group sitting at the tables near me all knew one another, and I soon came to find out they were all entrepreneurs. And you know I love entrepreneurs, being one myself. I started talking to my guest today, who owns a marketing firm with his brother. He was born to entrepreneurial parents, Vietnamese immigrants, who ended up in Louisiana. He started college at Louisiana Tech in nanotechnology, but later left to join the workforce. He ended up as a systems network engineer, as he fondly describes as helping people with their electronic devices get connected to the internet. A decade later, he decided to join the marketing world, and he began his entrepreneurial journey in 2017 and hasn't looked back. Please welcome my new friend, Fung Nguyen. Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Nancy. I appreciate you. Honestly, I find it so fascinating that we met at a coffee shop, honestly, you know, and just so happens to be the place that I frequently hang out and a lot of entrepreneurs hang out now. So that I find it interesting that you did, you were there, you know, and then you have a, you'll have a plethora of uh, people to pick through when you want to do more podcasts. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I was like, I can go right down the line. And, <laughs> and for me, we are designing a, a very large district whose name shall be withheld first <laughs> virtual high school. And so I had been working through the weekend and I just felt like, you know, working from home anyway, I needed to change the scenery. And I thought, well, I love going over there for coffee. Why don't I just take my computer and work? So it was it was fortuitous that we got to meet. Absolutely. I love it. Now, in 2015, entrepreneurship was continuing a decline. But as a result of the pandemic, entrepreneurs are on the rise again. So you entered the world of entrepreneurs in 2017, which was kind of right between those two statistics. What made you and your brother start a business in 2017? Well, my brother at the time was already in marketing for about a year. He ended up getting a call from one of his friends that wanted to start a company as well, too. So offered him a, a course and was like, hey, let's do this in the marketing world. Um, and then when I talked to him at the time, I was already kind of tired of my nine to five job. I was already been in the IT industry for for a while and uh, I'm a college dropout. So I don't and I, what was stopping me was an actual piece of paper. And could, then, could we just call that a college mover honor? Yes. <laughs> I mean, essentially, I had given it I had given college like the, the traditional education for for a while and it just was not sticking with me. So I decided to uh, to end it when I was like 23. Uh, but then uh, 2017 rolled around. My brother is calling me. We we're sitting there talking about the things that are happening in his life. And then um, at the point, I was just like, I'm just tired of this life. And he's like, well, do you want to join this world? Right. You want to give it a shot here? And I said, OK, sure. Why not? I. I gave it this try. Why not do it this this way now? Right. Um, and then I ended up moving from Texas to Florida to join his company. And uh, we ended up having we were working with another business partner at the time and things didn't go that well. So we had like a bad business deal that happened on our my very on our very first venture together. And so then we looked at each other and we're like, hey, why don't we just do this ourselves? Like it's going to be me and you. You know, we're at least brothers. You know, we at least got each other's back. And then, you know, we've, we've been doing this, you know, we're, at least we work well together. So let's do something together. 
And so and I that's don't think that's I don't think that's atypical that people start out in entrepreneurship and you know get together with some friends, have a great idea, get started, but the actual day-to-day logistics of working together, depending on one another, trusting one another, that all begins to play out. And I think entrepreneurships can sometimes shift whenever you're working with other people. 100%. Absolutely. And it was a big business lesson for both of us on just who we wanted to work with. Um, and that's a big thing in entrepreneurship, too, because, you know, you're always going to have bad apples wherever you go. Um, but the things that he was doing, he just to, to us, he wasn't um, financially literate, like the most financial literate. instead of like investing more back into the business. It was more like let's invest into all these other things that we want to do like that are like more like social things right and we're like that's not why we got into business we wanted to actually build something like meaningful and worthwhile and actually provide value to people that's the, the whole reason why we're doing this and the fact of the matter based on our backstories a little bit too uh, my brother both of us just didn't want to go back to the traditional way of working we're like you know this is what we want to do we want to make this work i think i think you bring up another really good point that happens to entrepreneurs and that's you really need to stay focused on your mission. So you had a decision as to something that was going to be your focus and goal, but it's very easy, especially when you're making money to think, Oh, well now we can invest in this or we could expand over here. And, and even in terms of entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurship is one uh, area and that's really important. And then entrepreneurship that has to do with perhaps products and services uh, in order to raise more capital. Well, that's another angle. It's so important that entrepreneurs figure out what is it that they're trying to do and stick to it because it's way too easy to get lost in the sauce, so to speak. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And entrepreneurship is a big blanket term, right? Like a lot of things can go underneath entrepreneurship. And so one of the things that me and uh, my brother and I really had to kind of figure out and discern for us was, um, what was the skill that we wanted to have in entrepreneurship? And then that's why we chose marketing because marketing is kind of universal as far as like one, it's, it's all about human psychology and social behavior, but then understanding how people buy stuff and like why you want to sell it and then how it actually provides value to people. That's a whole different type of like game in itself, you know? And so uh, it's one thing to create a product. It's another thing to create a service. But then when you focus in on the skills that belong in entrepreneurship, then you're really focusing on something that's cool because now you're like, oh, if I continue harnessing the skill, then I'm just going to get better at it. And then other people will want that. Well, that's where you had that original impetus, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have, which is I, I don't want to work for someone else. I'm I'm either tired of the nine to five and I want a lot more flexibility with my time. Of course, as you know, entrepreneurs, we tend to work 24-7 um, yeah. or you feel like, right, I really don't, you know, I don't want to work for other people who I don't think are as talented, capable, innovative as I, why don't I just do it myself? You know, that's the other piece. But yeah. it's interesting. I read a statistic the other night that said um, the most successful entrepreneurs are men between the ages of, I think it was 35 and 45 or like, or some in their forties, let's say. And of course I won't take offense that I'm a woman, but <laughs> um, I just thought, well, that's an interesting statistic because 
you see so many 20 year olds and 30 year olds out becoming entrepreneurs. And I wonder if, if the point there is, it's easy to say, you know, I don't want to work nine to five, or I don't want to work somebody else, et cetera. And think like, I'll just start my own business. It's very hard to start your own business. And I know for me, I was, uh, I was in education. I had started my career as a teacher. Then I became, I, I was involved in IT. Well, actually I was a programmer analyst. I had kind of taken a left-hand turn to get into computer <laughs> science. And then I got back and I was working with uh, helping people infuse technology into the classroom. And that's where I developed my instructional framework called the Learner Active Technology Infused Classroom. And then I started helping schools just on the side um, develop these classrooms that I was developing in my own school district. And then at some point it just became obvious that it was time to make the leap. And yep. I did knowing that I'm a darn good consultant. I know what I'm doing. I've got the best instructional framework in the world. Here I go. And I thought what was interesting is years later, I would say to people, what I didn't know was how to run a company how to manage people, how to do all of the things that have nothing to do with my entrepreneurial skill. But how often do you run into people who are trying to start their own businesses because they have a skill set, except they know nothing about being an entrepreneur? Yeah. And that's that's what I, I like that you said that, too. And that's what I mean by entrepreneurship has such a big blanketed term because of the hats that we have to wear. Right. It's not necessarily entrepreneurship is like, yeah, you can, you can have a great service and product and it'll take off. It's like, no, now you have, you are an entrepreneur and that's just something you embody. Now you have to put your business owner hat on and understand how the world works, right? This is like a, the, the, the game of business has been going on long before any of us were born, you know, like when the, the world was created, you know, before money was a real thing, there was a barter system. That's a business transaction, you know? You know, you take two chickens and I'll take two ducks. Like that's a, that is a business transaction in itself. And that's a conversation that's not had a lot uh, or not talked about a lot. You know, people view, uh, you know, I remember actual entrepreneurship in 2015, you know, when I had friends that were doing that. And I was like, there's no way I'd be an entrepreneur. Like they're not making any money or anything like that. And then here I am like being an entrepreneur and helping other businesses do that. And so it, I find it fascinating that, you know, when people might want to put on the the mantle of an entrepreneurship, they don't necessarily understand what they're getting themselves into. You know, it is an, an right, a completely right. different roller coaster than, than right. working for someone else. It's it's a whole have, different skill set. Yeah, and, and it's all the skills. It's not just a singular skill set any longer. Like if you have yes, you have a skill that can make you money, but now you have to develop the soft skills and communication skills in order to market and sell it. Right. You have to build relationships. You know, right, like right. you want your business to, to be successful. You need other people. <laughs> you know, I often get into conversations in, in school districts now, um, you know, because we consult IDE Corp consults mm-hmm. for school districts. We often talk about the fact that the so-called, quote unquote, soft skills, which always sound like they're not important. That's it today. Those are the yeah. skills. I mean, everything you need to learn is on the Internet, but. Do you know how to learn, how to engage with others, how to collaborate, how to read a situation? Like all of these skills that we always thought like, oh, the soft skills. Yeah. Those really are the skills you need to learn today. Yeah, and you're right, right? Is that they, they were 
kind of looked at like, oh, you're just like uh, this chatty Cathy type person, right? That's what the soft skills are. You just know how to talk to people, blah, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. right. Like, but, you know, the realization of that is that you can have the best product and service in the world, but if you don't know how to talk to people about it, then you're broke, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you need people for your business. That's how the world, you know, runs essentially. And you only do that by developing the necessary soft skills. And um, I had to do that for my own entrepreneur journey. I remember my very first venture into this. Uh, funny that I own an online marketing business and my entire business is built offline. And that was because I really developed the soft skills in order to make connections and develop relationships with people. Uh, and it's one of those things that I do in my networking group too. But when I'm in the beginning stages of, of entrepreneurship for me, particularly, I just had a problem presenting myself. I would go and talk to people about IT stuff. I remember selling my very first uh, service essentially was, uh, was email, email, um, email repair to a uh, tax road. He was an insured agent. So he was like, he pretty much fought the IRS for you. And he was just having an issue with his internet, uh, his emails not going through correctly. And I remember I was like, I can help you, but I don't know how to properly sell this to you. And then that's when my brother helped me out, understanding those soft skills of like, here's how a sales conversation works inside, you know, for business when that's like the soft skills that you really need to have in order for uh, your process to really work. And then in order to get out of those jitters, we would attend a networking group once a week in Dallas and stand up in front of people and do a 30 second pitch. And, you know, those first 30 seconds are really, really crucial, uh, especially what I've come to find out as I've gone through my own journey, that people's attention spans are really short. So what you say in those 30 seconds are really important in order to captivate someone's attention. And um, right. There's yeah. actually a great book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell that says, you, you know, you make your impression through that blink people will size you up in the first i think it's you know three to six seconds yep. of your presenting to them and how do you make sure that that blink counts yeah absolutely and that's something that um i talk about in my so i run a local networking group that actually talks about this specific thing and what we help people with is our their professional pitch Right. And your professional pitch is everything. You know, if you're going out for looking for a job, you're trying to find clients, trying to get more customers, or even if you're trying to really make a good connection or friend, like what do you say in those first 30 seconds in order to continue on that communication and relationship? Um, it, it doesn't, and if business happens from it, great. If it doesn't, you made a really good connection. And that's the most important piece that we talk about, especially, especially in my industry as an internet marketer, there are a lot of like introverts, right? Or a bunch of keyboard warriors, essentially, as I like to call them. But when they get face to face and talk to, talk to me and stuff like that, they kind of freeze up and clam up a little bit. The eye contact is not there. And then you're almost not taken as seriously any longer in some of these especially in negotiations and things like that, right? If you're not able to maintain those types of demeanors, it's sure. kind of interesting that the soft skills are like are really back on its wave right now. I also think it's because of the pandemic, you know, it kind of made us all more computer literate. And then, you know, all of a sudden you take the, the screen away from you and they're like actual person in front of your face. You're like, oh, well, hey. <laughs> right. Well, we even talk a lot about if you are engaging with others through uh, a video conference platform that when you're talking, you should just be looking at the camera, which feels a little bit weird because yeah, 
you're not seeing the other person, you're only seeing them peripherally. But yeah. for the other person, they actually feel like you're looking at them. Whereas when you're actually looking at the screen to see them, their experience is that you're looking at, you know, you're looking down, you're looking at a screen. So it's fascinating even within the whole video conferencing world, the remote world, how do you create that same blink, those same connections so that people feel connected to you? Uh, now, a, a few years back, you had a LinkedIn post that said opportunity equals preparation plus timing. I thought yes. that was fascinating. Is that your own or did you steal it? Oh, I don't mean to say you stole it. Well, so yeah, not necessarily stole it, but I borrowed it. Uh, and it's I borrowed it from That's Tony Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> I borrowed it from again. Tony Robbins. Um, Tony would say something uh, in some of his motivational speeches and things like that. I can't remember which one exactly, but it would talk about uh, desire. Desire is preparation meets timing, right? And pretty much what he was talking about is the thing that you desire the most in life, right, is, you know, as long as you really want to manifest it and stuff like that, you have to be prepared. And then when the timing is right, it's because that you're prepared that your desire is there. But I changed it to opportunity because to me, it was, I, I worked a lot of different jobs over my life. And so when I ended up like removing myself from the traditional education system, I went to the workforce full force uh, by joining um, different industries. I worked in a pharmacy tech. I worked as a farm tech. I worked as a bank teller. I worked for the city. I did construction for a long time. Um, I did IT and I still did like a many plethora of types of odd jobs just to learn the skills of like what it would look like if I wanted to make a pivot somewhere else. And so that's what I look at opportunities, because when you're out talking to people, you never know the opportunity that's going to present itself. And then when that opportunity is there, are you prepared for it? Right. Because timing is everything, you know. And so when you're preparing, then the t when the timing is right, the opportunity presents itself. You're ready to take action. You're ready. Yeah. Right. And That's they often say opportunity knocks, you know, opportunities are out there. We miss so many of them because we're not prepared right. for that particular time. And you can go back and say, oh, you know, if I, you know, knew then yeah. what I know now. So I, I love that phrase. Opportunity equals preparation plus timing. I think I was born to be an entrepreneur and I started my first school when I was eight uh, oh, and wow. uh, at the time I was 12, I was charging uh, tuition and it was, uh, <laughs> it was Nancy's summer school. And so kids would come in the summer three days a week, nine to 12. Uh, I often say it was the it was like the one room schoolhouse. I had students from the age of four to 18. So I had wow. to do a lot of differentiated instruction in there. There was actually someone in the neighborhood who called the police on the school claiming there was an illegal school running in the neighborhood. So oh, wow. <laughs> when the police showed up and asked my mother, she was like, well, that's my 12 year old. And they were like, oh, never mind. <laughs> she's, running, she's running an underground operation with a 12 year old. <laughs> exactly. But I also, I think when I was around 10, I had my little red wagon and I used to fill it up with all my mother's stuff and just walk around the neighborhood and sell it off until my mother oh, was nice. like, what happened to my, you know, and I'm like, oh, I got good money for that. I was like, I guess that's not how you do it, but uh, <laughs> No, I get it too. I would say I was kind of born to be an entrepreneur myself. Being right, because you said parents. your parents are entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so both my parents being very entrepreneurial in itself, 
my dad having to come from uh, both of them fleeing the Vietnam War, coming here and starting practically all over. Uh, both became providers for their families. Um, my dad being the only person from his family to come from Vietnam over here, you know, he had to really like start something. And then on top of learning a whole new language, he worked for uh, this company called Howard Griffin. And it was a, um, a mar boat marina company. And they serviced all these boat engines, essentially, or any outdoor engine uh, worldwide. And so my dad learned his skill and craft in there and was like, oh, this is something that I can learn as a mechanic and really develop that skill. And he ended up going from a custodian as a janitor, sweeping the floors to becoming a technician and then becoming a manager and then ultimately opening his own business. Oh, and how he, how he did that was because of the relationships that he built inside of Howard Griffin and like out, out around the area. And it just made a lot of sense for him because as a technician in the time, at the time of like the eighties and eighties um, and nineties, you could pick your own mechanic, right? You like, I don't know if anyone who's listening has like ever like experienced that uh, in the, in the, in that time period. But, you know, if you really like the mechanic or you really like somebody, you know, you could pick that person and he would have a line of boats waiting for him to be worked on. And so eventually this reputation kind of proceeded himself mm -hmm. about his quality of work. And they would bring boats to our house, you know, and just line them up out there. And my dad's like, I got to open up a business. Like, I got so many people to service. And then. But I think you hit on another uh, key of successful entrepreneurs. You build those relationships and you have such a high quality of product or service that, uh, it, you know, word spreads. Because I often say we can send emails out to people that doesn't necessarily produce sales for us. We can take ads in magazines that hasn't necessarily produced sales, but we get calls all the time from school districts that say, I heard you're working in such and such a district. They love you. You know, you're the best in the county, whatever. And then we end up getting work from that. So there's nothing you, you cannot overlook the fact that every single client you have is your marketing opportunity to pick up the next one. 100%, 100%. And really cultivating those relationships in the entrepreneur space is where I, I think that's why the decline in entrepreneurship happened in 2015 is because everyone was essentially being brought on to their multi-level marketing, you know, operation, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that industry, but a lot of people, you know, get brought up into this, this dream of entrepreneurship, like you'll make it within a year. And it's like, no, this is a lifelong thing and that's what i've realized in my in, you know in my own journey and then looking back at my own parents journey as far as like entrepreneurship like it was a lifelong thing because this is what's going to make them do what they get do what they want to do you know and that's not something that everybody can say you know sure you can do that too with other means and stuff like that but it was it, it's i think it's just more than entrepreneurship right it's also like financial literacy and then self-development mm, and then right you know becoming really self-aware of like you know the people you want around you too you know like they they say that your net worth is your or your network is your net worth right you know right. your you know, accumulation of the five people you hang around so that's kind of a you know a, a big deal in entrepreneurship too because you want to be able to have those people who also push you uh, to that level that you're really wanting to achieve. And you do that by building relationships, whether it's a customer or a personal friend or someone that you, 
you know, exchange businesses with, right? Like refer, you know, th that's, that's how the whole thing works in entrepreneurship, in my opinion. And I think it's like, you know, that's technically the backbone of our economy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and I like too the idea that you need people who are going to push you to a higher level. Uh, when I was a, a new consultant, I was working in a school district and we were focusing a lot on technology at a time when technology was just getting into schools. And mm -hmm. I was, and I was, and I used to do a lot of training in this particular school district on technology, but then I shifted to the learner active technology infused classroom. And we, we, we called it, what do you do when you have four computers in the classroom? Like how do you manage a very different classroom? Because you've got four computers, all these kids, how are you going to do it? And a teacher signed up because she was being transferred from her beloved second grade to a fourth grade where she was going to have the computers. She didn't know how to use computers. She didn't want to be there, but oh, somebody wow. told her take Nancy's classes because she's really good at teaching computers. Well, yeah. the whole time this teacher is saying, uh, you know, well, you're not teaching computers. And I said, well, actually this workshop isn't about the computers. It's about classroom management. And she was just so unhappy. And no matter how many times I reread the description, she was so unhappy. And, Finally, in the end, when, you know, you get the um, rating for the workshop, you had to rank the workshop on a scale of one to five. Um, she gave me all zeros and said, oh, wow. you know, clearly this person never taught before, which wasn't true, but she was that upset about it. So anyway, I just, I could have written her off, you know, I just like, oh, there's other people out there. But my feeling is always, no, no, everybody deserves to be understood, heard and helped. Yep. So I would pop by her classroom and I helped her out with some technology. But in the meantime, I also noticed that she naturally was doing a lot that, that would fall under the category of, say, differentiation. And so I would point that out. She ended up being one of the best model uh, learner active technology infused classroom teachers I'd ever seen. <laughs> we, How about we that? ended up having her in videos on some of our products and she said, if anyone ever asked me to teach any other way, I would retire. You know, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. When she finally did retire, I sent her a bouquet of flowers and I said, thank you for making me a better consultant. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing that. That's a great story, honestly. You know, people and use them for your own growth. Yes, absolutely. And then, and well, Kudos to you, right, of wanting to do that as far as like going the extra mile, you know, and really wanting to help that individual because it's not so much that she didn't want to learn, right? It was that she already went in this other mindset of like what happened in there and you you stuck with it. You're like, no, 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 you still need help with this, but you're let's just shift this a little bit, right? And that that tells a testament of like how you do business. Entrepreneurs really need to be providing a service or product that they wholly, fully believe in and love. The idea that you're going to create a widget and sell it just to make a lot of money sounds good, but it will never work. You really nope. need to believe in whatever you're, you're marketing because then you are the one who is going to convince others to come with you. Uh, now, you're one of the regulars at Driftwood, St. Pete, as I've said, Central yeah, Avenue. Yeah. Uh, how does it help to work in a coffee shop among other entrepreneurs? Oh, gosh. Honestly, it's I, I like to say that you're a product of your environment. 
And so when I used to work in the IT space, um, we would just hang out. Anybody that was in my old industry, as far as like my regular um, regular friends that I don't hang out with as much, we would just talk about like movies and TV shows and things that really didn't matter. When was the next party that was going to happen and stuff like that? And then ultimately, you know, you're really trying to like self grow and grow something that you really believe in. You want to surround yourself with people that are also kind of growing something in that same conversation. So surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs who are also building the things that they want to build uh, is huge, like huge benefit to my own mental psyche. Cause it lets me know that I'm not alone in this, this space. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to, have this community that I'm able to talk to about not only like business things, but like certain emotions that I may be going through. Right. Cause they may be going through it as well. And then a lot of the time when you get into entrepreneurship, you, people feel like it's a lonely road. Right. But no, there's a lot of other entrepreneurs out there. You just got to find them and then be willing to have those conversations and understand that other entrepreneurs are not out there to steal your ideas, <laughs> but they're not there to take it from you. They want to talk to you too, because they are also going through things because they have something that they're building as well. And right. we're all in this together. hundred percent. Right. I'm, I'm trying, you're building an education system. I'm also building an education system, but it's different, two different types of education. You know, it's like that, that's how it works. And we feed off of each other knowing that, we're ultimately helping something in the greater good. And then to be surround yourself with that, you know, you can't help but like want to continuously create. When I was used to be in my old friend groups and things like that, you know, they all we did was talk about partying. I mean, I don't party anymore. I haven't done that in years. Too busy <laughs> working. Like, yeah, I'm too busy working and like really fighting for my dreams and things like that. Right. And so that's a big part of why I think, you know, I, I hang out at Driftwood and I hang out at some of these other Kava Kratom bars uh, in St. Pete because um, I'm meeting people as well who left those that lifestyle and just want to be a part of other uh, a growing community as far as like a growth mindset. Like you're working towards something and I just want to be a part of it and support you in that venture if you're willing to support me as well. If business happens and ensues from it, great. But other than that, no harm, no foul, right? Well, it, I think it's nice because it's an organic networking experience as opposed to um, I've joined networking groups um, when I was developing a business consulting firm, uh, which is one of my little side projects at one point. I joined a networking mm -hmm. group. But there's all this pressure of, well, I'll give you a client and you give me a client and and it's kind of like, it's much better when it just comes out organically that you find yeah. someone who's and you're like, oh, by the way, I've got this, this friend, Fong Win who can really help you out. It's much better that way. And, and uh, you know, God bless all the coffee shops, particularly in St. Pete. We've got some awesome places to hang out. And yes, they yes. have created some great seating so that you yes. can out. And I think it's Dunkin' Donuts who says America runs on coffee, but... <laughs> It is definitely true in St. Pete because coffee, the coffee houses around here are always packed and often with people like you and me who have our own businesses and are looking to work outside of the, uh, the house. Gosh, I can't find a seat sometimes of how, how packed it can get. So I definitely am there early. So that I'm definitely an early riser compared to some of the people here in St. Pete. So, yes. so I'll, I'll get my seat first nowadays. It's a, it's a very busy town of remote workers and entrepreneurs. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. So let's unwrap the learning. What advice? Now, we've given out a lot of advice here so far, but dig deeper. 
What advice would you give to people today who uh, want to break into the entrepreneurial world? I would say, honestly, take a look at like what is already out there. And when, if you're, if you're looking to get into this space, maybe find a friend that's already in the entrepreneurship space, like go and talk to people first. Um, don't, I, I, I don't recommend what people do what I did when I first jumped into this space. Um, well, you can do what I did actually. I mean, I ended up just hopping in, but I made a plan. And so I created this nest egg for myself for about a year and a half. Uh, so that way I didn't have to worry about my financial situation and I can just learn. And I think that's the biggest part that I'll tell people in general is like, when you go into entrepreneurship, learn about business before jumping in, because then you're starting to get the foundation of what you're getting yourself into. Because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I had to spend a lot of time like just studying marketing, which is a skill, um, online marketing, how to run advertisements and things like that. Like you'll pick up those skills later on. But under, if I understood base foundation of business, negotiation, sales, uh, what it takes to run a company, like mental, like the mental capacity, and then understand that's what I'm building towards and then make the pivot, you're going to have a much easier time. Uh, I spent the all of 2016 working my like working that year for my last job and just hammering out as many hours as I could to create this nest egg for myself and then studying a skill uh, to in order of studying the skill of marketing and what would it take. And then I ultimately left my situation, pivoted over and went all in. But I didn't have to worry about my financial situation for about a year and a half. So that way I wasn't having to fight for money. I was solely focused on learning the skill and helping people um, really fine tune their business stuff. And so, so yeah, that, learn. Is, that is great advice. And you do have to have that money in the bank to be able to not be desperate because desperate people don't sell well. No, they do not. And uh, that was how, that's how it was. And like in the first couple of years for me, after I went through my nest egg, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I didn't know how to sell anything. <laughs> I learned all this cool stuff. Uh, but, but, understanding that foundation of business of sales and then how to generate revenue and then create yourself a nest egg. So then when you pivot over, you don't have to worry about going and finding the money. You you'll be, you'll focus on providing value for that customer or for that friend that you're really helping out. And then once you start hitting those little wins, it makes more sense. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so the financial security thing was the, a big thing for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to worry about that. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, I so appreciate you talking with me here today. And no, uh, even though it's not me. the coffee shop, but we should have, you know, recorded it over there, I guess. I don't know. But Nah, it's okay. It's way too loud over there. There's no way. That's and true. everybody would jump. Everybody would jump in on it too. You know, <laughs> you would have so many entrepreneurs at your table. We have a big entrepreneurial fest. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> well, thank you. I hope to our listeners, uh, you've got some great ideas about, how to make that leap into being an entrepreneur. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.